thing better than I can, but still. But uh, it's good to be here this morning. If I haven't met you before, my name's Ryan. I'm, I'm part of the team here. And as uh, has been mentioned, we're in this uh, series, The Big Picture. And uh, this morning, looking at The Greatest Showman. Anyone seen The Greatest Showman? Any musical fans in the house? Any non-musical fans in the house? I promise you I won't break out in song today. That is my guarantee. It won't happen. If it was going to, it was going to happen just then because I felt real good while that was being sung. It's like if you need a, like a pump up before you preach, just get something like that going on. Makes you feel like you could do anything. But we are looking at the greatest uh, showman. And today, I guess the, the title of, of what I want to pull out of this movie, and you know, we've looked at a bunch of different movies. And again, probably just to reiterate, we don't necessarily want you to go home and watch these movies. Uh, we're not saying all these movies are kind of the best thing uh, that you can watch, the most necessarily uh, wholesome uh, things you can watch. But what we do recognize is that movies, music, uh, speaks powerfully into our culture, doesn't it? You know, that song comes out of a movie, but is played on the radio probably three times a day, I would imagine. You know, it, they speak powerfully to our culture. And I, and I believe that the Word of God can tie in with these things and really see what God is saying uh, into these spaces and into this culture. And today, we're looking at the, the greatest showman. And what I, I, I think, you know, we want to draw out of this is that there is a search in our world for value. And when we look at The Greatest Showman and we look at this movie, really the, the, the whole plot that comes out of this for the main character, P.T. Barnum, the circus guy, or Hugh Jackman, if you will, uh, is this idea of his search for value, where he finds his value. And, and it starts with him as a, as a very young boy. And so today we're going to kind of look at a few scenes out of the movie and we're going to have a look at this first one to, to kind of set up uh, P.T. Barnum. So can we have a look at the screen? And you will meet Miss Lynn. You just give me a moment. I think Phineas. Yes. You've done well. Thank you. Allow me to introduce you. Uh, excuse me, Jenny. I'd like you to meet Charity's parents, Mr. Oh. And Mrs. Hallett. Ah, pleasure. How do you do? Mother. Hello, dear. Yes, yes, those are your granddaughters. Phineas, not here. Not here? You're afraid I'm going to embarrass your parents in front of their fancy friends? I, I really don't think I have that power. An insignificant man like me, who was clearly destined to lead an insignificant life. All that fortune and still just the tailor's boy. Get out. So you can see in this scene at the very beginning of the movie, this, this starts with, with uh, Hugh Jackman, if you were, as, a, as a young boy. And uh, he is a, a tailor's boy. He finds himself uh, in, in this rich house where he meets his, his future wife, which is actually his friend at the time. And, and he's basically referred to as that, an insignificant man. You're a, you're a, you don't belong in this world. You're just a tailor's boy. His, his father passed away. He becomes an orphan. And so he develops this chip on his shoulder that says, I'm not just an insignificant man, I'm gonna make something more of my life, but not that that's the wrong thing to do, but he makes his value come from what other people think about him. He eventually marries uh, his, his wife there, he, he builds this great life, he gets to a point where he's very successful, he's able to provide for his family, and he has this moment with his father-in-law there. And you can see in that moment, he says, you know, well done. But there's this little bit of chippiness inside of him that wants to have to prove himself. He says, what do you mean? An insignificant man like me that was just supposed to live an insignificant life? Couldn't, couldn't let it go, can't let that go because of the search for value he has in his life. 
And what I, what I realize is for you and for me, that we all have this search for value, don't we? We all wanna be accepted. We all find our value in a, in, a, in a certain place and in a certain way. That all of us live our life with the, the desire and the want for value. But really what it comes down for us is where do we find our value? You know, this song that we just heard so, so beautifully sung, uh, this is, the, the, I guess, the, the key song out of this. And there's some lyrics I just wanted to pull out. And it, it starts here with this. It says, I'm not a stranger to the dark. Hide away, they say, because we don't want your broken parts. I've learned to be ashamed of all my scars. Run away, they say. No one will love you as you are. You know, the words of this song really do highlight part of what our culture says about the, the things about us that we're embarrassed about. I guarantee you there are all those things that have happened to you growing up. There'll be, there'll be something in your life that's happened to you that's caused that, that scar moment, if you will, that, that moment of maybe I don't feel good enough, maybe I'm not valued, maybe I'm not accepted. If I just had this, it would be different. And the song speaks into this idea of no one will accept you, you just gotta run away from that. You gotta hide the things about yourself, you gotta push them down. Because if people found that out, maybe they wouldn't love you anymore. If people truly knew that about me, maybe my value would decrease. So I have to hide those things about me that are broken. Because if people knew that, I would never be accepted. And this really does speak into to the life of this. But you know, it continues a little bit here and it says, but I won't let them break me down to dust. I know there's a place for us, for we are glorious. And you know, the theme of that in there goes a lot deeper than what the author of that song would even recognize. Because truly, we as people are glorious. And not just because of the things that kind of make us good or bad or what we're good at or what we're not good at. But because of this, the Bible speaks so clearly into this and it's so evident right at the beginning in Genesis 1:27, where it says this. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. You know, this speaks to us being made in the image of God. Like when we just stop and think about that for a second. You know, my, my son in some ways is created in my image and I feel sorry for him. Uh, I hope he has more of my wife's image than my image. But you know, the reality is we can joke about things like that, but you know, honestly, sometimes we believe that stuff is true, but we are not created broken, we're created in the image of God. But somehow we end up with a bit of brokenness, somehow we end up on the search for value, sometimes we end up a little bit broken. Let's just see how this kind of slowly continues. When the sharpest words want to cut me down, I'm going to send a flood, going to drown them out. I am brave, I am bruised, I am who I'm meant to be, this is me. This is the rise up moment. It says, look out, here I come. And I'm marching on to the beat I drum. I'm not scared to be seen, I make no apologies, this is me. You know, whilst there's some truth even in those lyrics, that we are who we are, that the things that happen, happen, that we, we are the people that we are becoming. I believe that it takes a, a little bit of a sidetrack here in that idea of, you know, I am who I am and I'm not gonna be sorry about it. But actually, you know what the Bible kind of speaks to us is that it's actually through repentance that we actually find our value in Christ. It's actually through our apology, if you will, that we are made whole in who Christ is. And so part of this song is so true and it resonates with us so much because we are so much more than the brokenness that we find ourselves in. But you know what? We become so much more when we find ourselves repentant before Christ. Where we come before God and say, you know what? I am broken. I am bruised. 
And the only place I'm going to find my true value is with my Creator, who knows me, who loves me, who cares about me, who values me no matter what. And it's not actually about being able just to be bigger than those things that kind of pull us down or, or finding something that's going to make us feel better. In this, in this scenario with, with P.T. Barnum, he finds it in the status that he builds for himself. He builds the circus. People love it. They come to it. But then he finds himself in this pivotal moment here. And we're going to have a look at this quick scene. He's having a conversation uh, with his wife. He, he gets an opportunity to, to go and do some work with the higher class of society, if you will. His circus kind of reaches so much. It's very unpopular in a lot of ways with the higher class. He has his opportunity to kind of seek a little bit more fame, a little bit more status. And from that drivenness that he has to be accepted, he finds himself in this conversation. Let's have a quick look. First, it was buying a house on the same street as my parents, then meeting the queen, then bringing Jenny Lynn, then my father the other night. When will it ever be enough for you? I'm doing this for Caroline and Helen. Look around you. They have everything. You don't understand. I do understand. No, you don't understand. How could you? My father was treated like dirt. I was treated like dirt. My children will not be. You don't need everyone to love you, Finn. Just a few good people. I know that. You can see the tension there, can't you? You know, everybody treated me like dirt. Everybody treated my family like dirt. We were always told we could never be good enough. Yet he sits there with his wife and she's already telling him, you have everything. You already won. He buys this great house on the same, he buys the best house on the same street as his father-in-law. They have everything they could ever want. Yet in this moment, he's choosing to kind of go away from his family on a tour to risk everything that he'd built to go and just chase that little bit more acceptance. You know, you're here in there, you've met the queen, you've done this, you've got the most successful show. When will you ever have enough? And you know, the reality is for us in this life is that we will never have enough if we search for our value outside of Jesus. We'll never have enough wealth. There'll never be a job that's good enough. There'll never be a house that's nice enough. Someone will always have that little bit more. If our value is in, our, in finding acceptance with others, there's always gonna be someone that doesn't like you. I'm sorry, but it's true. No matter how nice you are, not everybody is gonna love you. And so when we search for that outside of it, we will find ourselves all in that exact same moment. It might not be about wealth, but it'll be about something. And you can have everything that you ever wanted but you will always search for a little bit more. You know, we, we were speaking about how the Bible speaks into these scenarios and one of the, one of the, most, one of the most famous uh, parables there is is the parable of the lost son in Luke 15. And we're gonna have a look at how this ties in this morning. And it says this, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided the property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country. There he squandered all his wealth in wild living. After he spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And I'm out here starving to death. 
I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. You know, this story, most of us may have heard this before. And if you haven't, it speaks to this son who lives in his father's house, quite well off. And he makes this move of going to his dad and saying, I want my share of the estate. Now, when you really think about that, what he's saying is, he's like, I would like my inheritance now. Despite the fact that you're still alive, give me what you would give me. When you pass on, I, I wanna go somewhere else. From what we pick up in this story, his dad was a wealthy man. He was able to provide, he had many servants. And his son looks out, doesn't he, and goes, I wonder if there's just something else out there. I wonder if I just take what is gonna be mine and I can go out in the search for something more. And it says he takes it and he lives the good life. He's, he's, he goes out, he does whatever he wants with his newfound wealth. I imagine like any young adult that you just gave a large chunk of money to with no, no responsibilities, I would probably spend it on stuff. I know I would have. Cars, parties. He goes out and he blows all his money and a famine comes. He didn't prepare for that, but a famine comes and he finds himself there with nothing. And having one of those, how did I get here moments? I had everything I ever wanted. He begins to think back to the father's house and was like, when I was there, I had everything I ever wanted. In fact, the guys that work for my dad are better off than I am now. They work in his house and their life is better than mine. He's gone out on the search for value. He's gone out to find something more than what he had, even though he already had everything he ever needed. And he finds himself in this position. You know, this story ties so well with the movie because this is exactly where P.T. Barnum finds himself. He goes off in the search for something more. It goes wrong. He comes back kind of home and he finds that the circus that he had built has kind of burnt down. And he literally loses everything. And in the process, he, he's burnt his family, his wife, his children. They're, they're not happy with him. So they move away from him because he's become someone that he was never intended to be all in that chase of finding the acceptance in his life, that he needed to find the value in his life. And like the son and like Barnum in this situation, they both sit there with nothing, thinking back to what they had, thinking back to what was, thinking back to the great mistake that they had made. And uh, there's a scene here that's pretty powerful in the movie as well. And, and this is this moment where P.T. Barnum finds himself, he's sitting in a bar, he's got kind of nothing left. And he's sitting there thinking about his life and where he's got himself and how he's going to pick himself back up. And this is the scene. I drink champagne with kings and queens. The politicians praise my name. But those are someone else's dreams, the pitfalls of the man I became. For years and years, I chased their cheers, a crazy speed of always needing more. But when I stop and see you here, I remember who all this was for. Lights. From now 
This, this moment, the, the words of this song that come out is, is home again. It's time to go home again. You know, the son is, is out, the prodigal son, he is out there and he's like, maybe the best solution is just for me to go home again. And you know, it's not sometimes as simple as, as going, oh, well, I'll just turn around and go back. You know, Hugh Jackman in this moment, he's like, I, I'm going to go home again. It's about getting back to what matters. It's about getting back to finding where the value really is. And, you know, that's not always an easy thing. You know, there's a, a line in this song, and it talks about the, the battle of going home. You know, we will go to battle, and we will come back home. The reality is sometimes going back home takes a little bit of humility. Sometimes going back home takes a little bit of courage. Always going back home means saying, I'm sorry. And he, in this moment, has this revelation of, yeah, you it's all I did. I had everything I ever wanted. There's this, there's this quote, and it says this. It says, hardship has a wonderful way of bringing people to face facts. You know, none of us ever want to go through hardship. No one ever wants to find themselves in this kind of moment that the son is having or that P.D. Barnum is having in this moment of going, I've blown it all. Look at me. I used to, used to drink champagne with the queen, and now I have nothing. But the beauty of it is sometimes when we have to face that hardship, when we have to face that reality, we have to face that truth, we do have the ability to turn around and go home again. But you know what? It's a battle. It's about engaging in a fight to say, I am going to do what I need to do to better myself, to place my value in the right spot. Sometimes it's the battle to say no to something, even though it's desirable, but we know it's not putting our value in the right space. And it's a battle about becoming more and more like Christ. We remember we're created in the image of God. And coming home is about going, yep, I realize my value is placed here. It comes from God. It comes from this place of being in the Father's house. Everything I could ever want or need would be there. And it doesn't mean that we can't have good things. It doesn't mean that you don't get a job promotion. It doesn't mean that you can't have good things. But it's when we put our value in those spaces, on those things and not on God, we find ourselves here in this space. We're like, how did I get here? Sometimes we don't always need the hardship to get through it, but so often it's the, it's the wake up to all of us. The good news is it's not all despair. The story continues. And uh, we're gonna pick up here. As P.T. Barnum's kind of gone home, he's gone back home to find his wife and his family. 
and have this moment of coming home. Let's have a look. I would like to see my wife. She's not here. She's at the beach! brought hardship on you and our family. You warned me, and I wouldn't listen. I just... I wanted to be more than I was. I never wanted anything but the man I fell in love with. Let this promise in me start like an anthem in my heart. However big, however small, from now on, from now on. Isn't that nice? <laughs> you know, there's, there's a line in there where he says, I just wanted to be more than I ever was. And I think so often, I don't, I don't know about you, but so often I, I think of even the words of that song that the, the band sung this morning. That so often I can find myself maybe just wanting to be more than I need to be. Maybe I find my value in something that I can do really well. Or maybe I, I, I look and think, oh, my life will be good when I just... Or everything will be okay if I just have. And you know what that is? It's so often us just going, I just want to be more than I am. I want to have more than I am. I want to be something more than what I am right now. And I, and I look at that story and I think about, as I've watched that movie, and I think about when was he at his very best? His very best when actually he brought a bunch of misfits together and created something special. Actually, what he did so well was as someone who had been mistreated and said, you're, just a, you're not going to be anything, you're insignificant. He went and found a bunch of other people who were insignificant in society, and he actually built something awesome. But when he tried to be something more than he was, one, he ended up with nothing, but two, he actually let down all those other people that he had done so well in building up. You know, we can make a great difference in our lives when we realize who we are and where our value comes from. And when we just try and be who God wants us to be, that is when we can have the most impact on our lives. It's when we make the best decisions we could make. It's probably when we're the best, most desirable person to be around is when we can just accept who we are. But sometimes it takes this moment of going, you know what, I just need to come back home and I need to say sorry. You know, the, the, the prodigal son story continues as well. 
And it says this, so the son got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is now found. So they began to celebrate. You know, the father sees his son coming and he runs to greet him. And he puts a ring on his finger, he puts shoes on his feet, he puts a robe on him. All symbols of belonging, all symbols of identity. The robe being a symbol of identity, the ring being a, uh, the ring was actually a symbol of authority. And he says, it's not good enough for you to come back as a servant in my house because you're not a servant in my house. You are my son. And it doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter how much money you have squandered. It doesn't matter how far you have found yourself from the Father's house. I was waiting here today in the hope that you would come back to me so I could restore you as my son. You know, all of those symbols are symbols of value. They're all symbols of belonging. They're all symbols of status. And he had to travel all through the world and end up having to face some hard facts. And you see the wrestle earlier. If I, if I, maybe if I just go home, maybe if I just say, can I, can I work for you? That'd be better than this. But you know, the picture of God that's represented in this story is that we are sons and daughters of God. And when we turn and we come home and we come back to Him, He's there to, to give us the status of being a son and daughter of God. He's there to tell us that He loves us. He's there to remind you that you're created in His image. And there's actually nothing else that you need to make you whole as a person other than a relationship with Christ. And so today, as we, as we kind of wrap this up in a few moments, we're gonna sing this song, Who You Say I Am. I think it's so fitting to sing this morning, isn't it? It's, it's pretty much written around this parable that we are who God says we are. You know, this song, as it was written, and you can put that, that slide up that says, you know, I am who I'm meant to be. And I don't apologize for that, I am who I'm meant to be. But the Bible doesn't say you are who you're meant to be. It says you are who I say you are. That God says it doesn't matter what the world says about you. It doesn't matter what's happened to you. It doesn't matter what your past looks like. You are who I say you are. And who that is, is you are created in my image. You are a son and a daughter of God. That God sent His Son for you and me. That we could turn around and say, yes, I know I'm broken. I know I have scars. I know I've jacked up. I know I've placed my value sometimes in the wrong space. But that doesn't matter, I'm gonna come home and I'm gonna restore my relationship with Jesus. And this morning as we sing this song, my hope would be this, that whatever your background, whatever mistake you've made, however far you find yourself from relationship with God, that today you would understand as you walk out of here, that you are who He says you are, that you're created in His image, that there is room for you in the Father's house, that He wants you to live
someone might say something untrue about me, but I'm not going to value that because where I belong is in the Father's house, that I'm created in His image, that I'm not just going to become who I'm meant to be out of a random possibility, but I'll become who I'm meant to be because I know who God says I am. And that's how I'm going to live out my life. And so this morning, we're going we're gonna to declare this truth, but I would love to pray for us together as a group. So if you could just close your eyes, maybe bow your, bow your heads. And that's not for anything weird other than so that the person next to you can feel just as comfortable as you do. And today, I just want to simply pray for some people who say, you know what, it's time for me to come home. Maybe you feel like at the moment you're not walking in that relationship with, with God, that He is not your priority, that you, you, your value is not in Him. And you very much feel like you're out in that wilderness. Well, today is a great opportunity to say, you know what, today is about coming home. That I understand that He loves me, that He values me, that I am everything I need to be because of who He has created me to be. But you know what, there's that battle to say, you know what, it's time to change. It's time to come back to God and say, I'm sorry. I want to walk with you. And if that's you this morning, I just ask you, while no one else is looking around, just be able to slip up your hand. I'd love to pray for you. If you're just having that moment where you go, it's time for me to make a decision, then it's time to come home. That's awesome. Once you put it up, you, you, can, you can put that down. Is there anyone else this morning that would like to be included in that prayer? Awesome. Let me pray for you. God, I uh, thank you for each person this morning that has raised their hand, Lord, that they are created in your image, that you love them, that you have a great plan for their life. And so this morning I pray that there would be a moment in this battle of going, you know what, it's time for me to leave some things behind and, and come home. It's time to walk in the Father's house. It's time to place my value in the things of Jesus. Lord, I pray they would know your reality in this space. And this would be the beginning of a great journey for them. God, we praise you and we love you. And as, as all our eyes are closed as well, I just wanna pray for anyone as well who, who feels like they're in that battle where they're like, hey, my value, I know, I know my value in Jesus, but for whatever reason, I keep putting it in other spaces. But right now there's this tension, there's this battle for my value. Maybe that's in, in wealth or acceptance or position or, or what people say about you. I don't know what it is, but you'll know what it is for you. But you wanna... Have that come home moment and go, you know what? All my value is gonna be placed in Christ. Where I find my identity, my acceptance and my value will be in Jesus. And if that's you, I'd love to pray for you as well. So you can maybe slip up your hand just to, to acknowledge to, to God and yourself that, yeah, that's me. Sometimes I put my value in the wrong place. Sometimes I find my acceptance in other things. But I want my reality to be in Jesus. That's awesome. Once you put that up, you can put that down. You know, there's some, some young kids who have put their hand uh, up this morning. And let me tell you, at a young age, that is the greatest thing that you could do. That if you can understand this as a child, that you are loved by God, that He has a plan for your life, it'll change your whole world. And you don't have to be an adult to make that decision. In fact, the best thing you could do is make it now as a kid. God, I thank you for each hand that was raised, for each person who wants to realign their values with your values wants to declare that I am who you say I am. God, I pray that you help them on that journey. Bring people around them, God, to encourage them and to build their faith. God, we love you. Come on, why don't we stand as a church? We're going to sing this great song. And you know what? This is the same truth for all of us, that we are chosen, that God is for us. 
There are great words in this song. If you don't know it, I would encourage you to read the words. There are great words in this song. But for each one of us to be able to declare out God's truth over our lives, that we are His children, that He loves us, and that we never need to be anything more than what He says we are. And that's where we find our value and acceptance. Come on, let's sing together this morning.